Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sometimes life can feel a little bit like those block towers that you might remember building when you were a kid. You know, at first you've got just like a few blocks in a square and it doesn't look like anything, but you keep stacking more and more stuff on top of it. And eventually you build something kind of tall and intricate. And that's when you tend to be like, ooh, everybody look at my block tower, isn't it cool? And then you stack a couple more blocks on it and most or all of it falls apart because it was too tall, it was too unsteady and it didn't have the right foundation to support it. I think that this tends to happen in our lives because we misunderstand the phase of life that we are in and we don't know what we should be working on. Very broadly speaking, our lives can be divided into two phases. There are periods of time in our lives when we really can thrive. And there are also periods of time in our lives when the best we can do is to just survive. The ratios of these two periods of life can be really different from one person to the next. It often depends a lot on what circumstances you were born into, whether or not you have chronic physical or mental health conditions, what resources you have available to you, and a host of other variables that I'm, I'm not really prepared to discuss today. But everybody has both of these phases. And if you don't know what phase you're in, which is not always as obvious as it might seem, and you don't know how to handle being in that phase, that's when you tend to end up in this endless cycle of building, falling apart building, falling apart. And each time it falls apart, you ask yourself, should I even bother to try building again? I think you should, but I think you should do it with a little more strategy and nuance this time. That's what I'm hoping to help you understand today. So really quick, before I get started with that, I just want to let you know who I am so you can decide if I'm somebody you think is worth listening to or not. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. I go by Dr. Scott. I own a private practice in Cedar Rapids, Iowa called the North Star Psychological Center, and we specialize in moderate to severe mood and anxiety disorders. I'm the creator of several intensive outpatient programs, which are groups that meet to help people deal with their symptoms of mental illness. I'm also the author of the book, For When Everything is Burning, and the host of the podcast the psychology of depression and anxiety. So there's a time to thrive and there's a time to survive. And what differentiates these two different phases of your life is whether you have any extra resources left over after attending to the most fundamental elements of your lifestyle. By resources, I mainly mean time, energy, and attention. These are money to some degree also plays a role. Um, but it's usually those more internal resources that determine what phase of life we're in. So there are periods of time in your life 
where it will take all of the time, energy, and attention you have just to make it through tomorrow and do the things you absolutely must do to prevent your life from completely falling apart. There will be periods of time when you have nothing left over after you attend to the basics. Sometimes you might be in such a deep rut that you cannot even attend to all the fundamentals of your life. And you have to make some cuts and some things that you really, really don't want to cut. But these are survival modes. And survival modes are marked by having no surplus, no excess, nothing left over, right? And so when people tell you about all these things you should be doing, it, 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 it just it falls completely flat because you logically understand that what they're saying is correct and makes sense. But fundamentally, you have no ability to invest your resources in these things. So, you know, when people say like, oh, you should you should make sure to make time for friends, you know, you should you should have this social life. Yeah, social life is really important for mental health. But if you have nothing left in the tank after you've done the things you absolutely must do, and what those things are, what the things we must do, it's going to be a little different for every one of us, right? Uh, for some of us, that's going to include our jobs. Some of us have kids to take care of. You know, we have our own health to take care of. We have to do things like sleeping and eating. And, you know, when you're in, a severe depressive episode, when you have a chronic pain flare up. So I'm not even going to try to list all the reasons, right? But those things, the, the difficulty of those things and the amount that those things take from us is not a static amount. Uh, they're kind of like, I know I'm mixing metaphors a little bit here, but you have a budget, right? And you have bills and some bills are pretty much the same every month, like your um, your internet bill is probably the same every month. I know sometimes it goes up, but like month to month, it's usually this exact amount, right? Or your mortgage or your rent, you, you can, you can kind of count on it will cost this much, but then some bills are highly variable. We just had actually, we're still in a week here in Iowa where it's been below zero almost every single day. And so I know that our heating bill for this month is going to be way higher than it normally is probably twice, could be even, it could be three times higher than normal. And so not all your bills are static, right? They can go up or down depending on what's happening in your life. That's also true of the things you have to do. It doesn't always take the same amount of energy to get yourself in the shower. It doesn't always take the same amount of energy to feed your kids. These things can vary depending on your internal state and what's happening for you. So again, just to reiterate, Survival mode is when you have no excess time, energy, or attention left over after attending to the basics and fundamentals. Thriving mode is obviously when you do have excess, when it doesn't take everything you have just to get through the day. Now, for some of you listening to this, you, you, you probably are thinking like, that's a very rare thing for me. I don't often find myself in thrive mode. And that very well could be. That is uh, That is the reality for many of us. But I do believe we all have periods of time when that is true. Those periods may be very brief, very infrequent, very unpredictable, but they do happen. Where we get into trouble is when we either try to thrive, when all we should really be focused on is trying to survive, or when we're only trying to survive when we could be thriving. If you misunderstand and misallocate your resources during either of these phases, you will get stuck and things will fall apart.
So I've got a metaphor to explain that. I know it's like my third metaphor today, but you know me, I love my metaphors. And then we're going to talk practicality. We're going to talk about, so what exactly does it mean to do each of these things? So when I was, when I was a kid, um, this, the lake that we kind of grew up on had these fish in it called muskies and muskies. If you've not heard of them before are like gigantic fish. They're huge. They, they kind of look like little sharks. I mean, but little meaning, I mean, they can be five feet long. Um, they're, they're really big. They're really intimidating. They just look incredible. And when you're a little kid and you're used to catching, you know, like sunfish like this big, you see these giant fish swimming around. It, it seems like no one could possibly catch those fish. Right. And when I was a kid, like no one really did. Um, musky fishing is really popular now, but that's kind of a newer thing. I don't really remember anyone even trying to catch them when I was younger. I'm sure there were some hardcore people that did, but it was like you just avoided them because they would like eat the fish that you were trying to catch off your line. But I got I got like weirdly obsessed with this idea of trying to catch a muskie. And so I bought a bunch of like really like deep sea fishing gear and stuff like that. Um, it took me a really long time, but I did eventually catch a muskie. But that's not even the point. The point is... When you hook one of these things, it's it's different. So when you're fishing for little fish, you hook them and you just you just reel in. Like you just crank it as hard as you can and you reel the fish in in like four seconds. And then like that's that's the whole thing. That's that's the entire experience of fishing. When you hook a muskie, you don't just crank on it the whole time because they are big, they are strong, they have sharp teeth, and they can easily break your line or they can even break your rod if you just try to crank them in. So what you have to do when you hook a muskie is when that fish runs, you just hold on for dear life because it's going to grab and it's going to pull in the complete opposite direction as you. And there's really nothing you can do about it. It's going to take line out of your reel. And that's unfortunate because when you have a fish hooked, the goal is to reel in all the line, right? Get the line to the end so that you can pull the fish into your boat. So when you have, when you've got a fish hooked, you see line going out of your reel and you see the fish moving in the opposite direction of the boat, it's a very demoralizing feeling because you're aware in that moment, every second that goes by, I am getting farther away from my goal. But you have to let it happen because if you just crank on the fish while it's doing that, it'll be gone and you'll end up with nothing. But eventually the fish will get tired, at least momentarily. It will stop the run and you'll just kind of sit there for a little bit. When it stops the run, that's when you pull on the rod. That's when you start reeling in the line. And it's not going to be one and done. Like it's good. The fish makes a run and then it stops. And you think, okay, cool. It's tired. Now I can catch it. You'll pull it a little ways in and it'll let you pull it in for a little ways. And then it will run again. And it's just this back and forth battle. And when it runs, you have to let it run. And when it rests, you have to pull it in. If you do the opposite, you will lose the fish. That's basically a metaphor for life. That's thrive and survive mode. When you're in survival mode, do not crank on your life, right? Like <laughs> that's, a, that's a strange sounding sentence, isn't it? But I, I think you get what I mean. I see a lot of people when they're in these survival periods of life, like setting ambitious goals for themselves, trying because they're frustrated, right? They feel stuck. They probably are going through some kind of collapse and they're sick of living this way. And they're sick of seeing line going out of their reel and seeing themselves getting farther and farther away from their goals and the things they want in life. But sometimes life is going to take a lot of line out of your reel and it's not necessarily your fault. 
This is part of the battle that we are all fighting. And when that happens, that is not the time to hold yourself up to some super high standard. That is not the time to try to integrate three new strategies or interventions in your life. That is a time to try to just hold on for dear life and try not to let the line break. In other words, so, so I, I promised you I would eventually drop the metaphor. Again, I don't know exactly what the most fundamental elements of your specific life are, because they're going to be a little bit different for all of us. But I know for me, the things I will not compromise on are sleeping, eating, being physically active, and being present with my kids. It, those are the things that I know, like, I cannot let these things go. These are the cornerstones of my life, right? There's a lot more that I want to do than that every single day. I want I, I want to clean my house every day. I want to go to work every day. I want to work on my book every day. Like I, I have big goals and big dreams for my life. And thankfully, I'm at a place in my life now where most days I'm not in survival mode anymore. But those days do still hit me. And when those days hit me, I drop all the extra stuff temporarily. And I just focus on the fundamentals. Because here's what happens if you don't do that. Again, on these days, you have less time, less energy, and less attention, right? And if you do not strategically allocate those things to what matters most to you, and you just try to do it all on a day when you're not going to be able to do it all, you might find that some of the things you really cannot let go that really should never be compromised on in your life, if you don't do them first when you're in survival mode, they won't get done. And then there's an even further level of collapse that you can reach, which is sort of like the total shutdown where you just can't do anything for a while. It's this complete and total recovery period. Some of you listening to this or watching this have probably been there. And if you have, you know, there is a, just a certain type of misery that comes with that of knowing I want to do things. I need to do things. I can't do anything like I am. I am like. You might be bedridden, you might be in the hospital, you might be in the psych hospital. There's a lot of different ways it can look. But if you continue to push yourself to try to do it all during a period of time when your ceiling is to simply survive and maintain as many fundamentals as possible, you end up falling apart to a much deeper level. And you want to try to avoid that at all costs. So do not push yourself too hard. Don't add goals, don't add expectations, and don't do optional things when you're in survival mode. But now here's the flip side. Those of you who spend a lot of time in survival mode, it you can get really, I want to be so careful how I say this, okay? Because I don't want this to sound shameful, judgmental, accusatory. When you spend most of your life in survival mode, you become very accustomed to it. And it, it just becomes your norm, right? And so you get used to not, setting goals, you get used to not pushing yourself because most of the time that is the right move for you. But there are breaks in it. There are periods of time where either you just have more resources available, like maybe you had a great night's sleep, you had a good breakfast, you're just kind of in a better mood and you're like, I, this is a better than average day. I have a little more than I usually do. Or maybe like, this doesn't happen often necessarily, but every now and then life just takes it a little bit easy on you. And it's just not as hard to do the things you need to do. Your job was kind of easy that day. Your kids were just really good all day. And you're like, wow, I this is a weird feeling. I'm not completely depleted halfway through my day. What the heck should I do with that? 
if you live like you're just in survival mode when you have gas left in the tank afterwards, the biggest consequence of that is you, you don't move forward. Because when we're in these phases where we can thrive, what we should be doing with this surplus of resources is reinforcing our foundation, building things that can withstand the next survival period, really working on our fundamentals, really working on these next level goals and trying to essentially build up that bottom part of the tower to go back to my first metaphor. I know. Um, so that even if the top level of the tower collapses again, which it may eventually, you have this bigger foundation now that isn't going to fall apart no matter what. And so the next time you have to rebuild, you're rebuilding from a higher place. Essentially, we're raising our floor each time. Now, again, what exactly does that mean? It's going to depend on your life. That could mean putting some things in place that help your financial situation. That could mean like starting a physical activity routine. That can mean doing some meal prep so that you have food readily available when um, you're in the next, you know, uh, down, downspin or, or like darker period in your life. It could be building skills. It could be, you know, becoming a better cook or learning some things that help you around the house. I, I mean, it could be practicing your therapy skills. It could be starting therapy. There, I can't tell you exactly what it's going to mean. I wish I could, right? But it, it's, it's a very individualized thing. But when you have gas left in the tank, don't waste it. When you have energy at the end of the day, when you have a, a surplus of time, when you actually like, I have nothing to do for the next hour. I don't remember the last time I just had unallocated time because my life is so busy and so crazy all the time. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Use it. Spend it on things that are going to build up that foundation for you. Reel in that fish when it rests or you will never catch it and you'll always just be losing line. So, I mean, just to summarize, I really want to end where we began today. When you're in a period of time when the best thing that you can do is to just survive, don't expect more of yourself. Don't try to do things that you're not capable of doing in that season of your life. When it's time to survive, just survive and, and be proud of yourself for doing that. But when you're in a period of life where you can thrive, when it, when life kind of throws you a little bit of a softball compared to what you normally get, hit that thing as hard as you can. That's when you want to really up the intensity. That's when you want to finally start doing those things that you've been wanting to do for so long. Because that's when you actually have this surplus of resources that you can spend on strengthening that foundation, on building something stronger that can withstand the hardships that are to come. Make sure that you're correctly identifying the phase you're in and spending your resources accordingly. I know that was a little vague. I hope that it made sense. I hope that it's helpful for you and I will see you next time. Take care.